grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that we have for the basis of our meditation now is the text that Don read for us from the fourth chapter of Paul's letter to the Philippians. Anytime I go to this book written by St. Paul, I cannot but remember this one-line theme. Again, I say, rejoice. The text also said, do not be anxious. But in everything, give thanks to God. And as walking up to this place, I saw the fire truck pull in too. Tell me not being anxious. But even in such situations, do not be anxious. That's what the text says. Therefore, I have two major thoughts to share with you this morning. One is an imperative, and other is an indicative. The imperative for our purposes is this, from the first verse of chapter 4. Also, from verse 27 of the first chapter of this letter, Paul writes, Stand firm. Stand firm. Paul is writing this letter to the church in Philippi. I said the theme is rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Acts 16, however, gives us a different picture of this rejoicing. Paul and his companion Silas go to Philippi. There, they find a place of prayer prior to that. And there was a woman, Lydia, who opens the place of prayer for Paul. So he makes the contact there and starts his mission. Then there's a challenge of a spirit-filled woman of a different kind of spirit who was actually making a business out of religion, and people were flocking to this woman and the leader of this spirituality among them. And they charged Paul of becoming a challenge to their kind of religiosity in this Roman city. The prize? Paul would be put in prison with his companion. He was chained, if you will, into a private cell. And you know the story. So the gospel went to the church, to the people of Philippi, in chains, if you will. So Paul had reason to talk about rejoicing, a rejoicing that we are not used to. Now this letter, we know that this is written from a prison where he was actually in chains. But if it was Rome, being a Roman citizen, he had freedom. He had freedom to entertain guests and probably even write. Nevertheless, he was in a prison. Rejoice, therefore, in the Lord, in the Lord, 
always again I say rejoice. And the text, the remainder of the text is easy. Stand firm. Stand firm today in this world of pluralism, in this world where competing ideologies are coming, including magic, white magic, and the pluralism of the intellectuals of this world where everything has a place and everything fits in together, even if it is the pursuit of God and spirituality and even ultimately your own salvation, everything fits in. Religion, the cross is for the poor. You can mimic them. You can entice them into a, a heaven that is yet to come and let them suffer for it, holding high the cross. But among, intelligent, among the intelligentsia who have evolved out of the need for religion, this is foolishness. That is the foolishness that Paul would like to proclaim. That is the foolishness of which Paul is so proud. Intellectual as he was, philosopher as he was, but counting all those things a loss. Not that he has attained, but he presses on toward that goal where he will continue to lift high the cross, even in the midst of persecution. Rejoice, therefore, because the Lord has allowed you to take a stand. Rejoice and stand firm. And we do not rejoice because we just want to rejoice. We rejoice amidst this persecution and challenges, including challenges that threaten our own faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. We rejoice even amidst all these challenges with confidence. Not that we have confidence in ourselves and our intelligence and our reasoning, our own apologetics, but because, hear this, the plain statement, the Lord is near. Well, you can translate this as the Lord is drawing near or the day of the Lord is drawing near. But the primary reading I would still say is the Lord is near. It does have an eschatological dimension to it, Dr. Gibbs. But it is speaking to us right away existentially to this point in time. As we go through persecutions and struggles and humiliation, even as our faith is tested by competing ideologies, why are we hanging on to this cross and lifting up this cross? Even in those situations, the Lord is near. Christians are never alone. Christians are always a community people. We know the Lord is near because we live among people who go through the same suffering and pain and persecution and struggle and oppression and loneliness. We know that the Lord is near because even through all these isolating philosophies and struggles, we have a community. It is because that Lord is near, we are, with the Christians all over the world, able to rejoice. Not 
as we would like to, but as we are able. Not as we plan, but according to God's plan. The church in Philippi practically was a result of Paul, an apostle, being in prison. The church at Philippi went through struggles, and to that church Paul writes, from another prison, with this word of comfort and hope and confidence, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to others. And all the other fruit of the Spirit is listed for us to see how this rejoicing actually takes place in our lives. Christians, wherever we are, however we congregate, however our earthly conveniences might be, our rejoicing, our peace, and our joy. For people here and elsewhere, people from the south and the north and the east and the west, people of different cultures, people who speak different languages, there is one way to rejoice, acknowledging that the one who sowed in our hearts the seed to rejoice paid the price for it. His own blood, his own life, letting go of his own privileges to be and among us as one of us, so that as we walk through the valley of shadow of death, we shall, for, we shall fear no evil, because our eyes are fixed on this one Lord. God grant us the faith. God grant us the strength and the peace. In his name, amen.